0: Welcome to Holding Fast. Thanks for being in the podcast today. How is your anchor holding? Are you a Christian whose grip is firmly on the Word of God, who's not just in uh, in name a Christian, but is genuinely a disciple of Christ? Are you a disciple today? Are you moving forward in your obedience and your surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ that's what we've been talking about in the past few podcasts. We've been looking at the Bible's definition or use and definition of the word Christian. You'll remember that it occurs only three times in the New Testament. and each one of the times that it occurs, there is a particular aspect of what it means to be a Christian that really defines what a disciple is all about. I began this series by asking the question, are you just a Christian or are you a disciple? A Christian, you remember, a lot of people go by that name. It's a broad umbrella. There are people that are cultural Christians, and that's what I'm referring to. Uh, They were born in America. They may have attended church to some degree. Uh, They may have even gone to Sunday school, but as time went by, they still identify as a Christian, but they're not a disciple. They're not following along in the Lord. We noted that the first time the word Christian is used... Uh, in the book of Acts, it is it is used to describe Christ's people, one of the sect or the followers of Christ, somebody that was obviously uh, externally and internally, but externally known by others around them that they were disciples of this man, Jesus Christ, who taught and lived an example and then died on the cross and paid the price for for our sin. So if you're a Christian, then you identify with him in the most intimate way possible as one of his followers. Secondly, we noted in the last podcast that uh, there is an there is a, a, a sense in which if you are called a Christian, you will be actively promoting the salvation of other people. Uh, the time that that's used when the Apostle Paul is witnessing to King Agrippa, and when King Agrippa said those notorious words... Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And that's exactly what Paul was doing, wasn't it? He was trying to testify to him of a truth that he knew was in the scripture. In fact, Paul said to Agrippa, King Agrippa, I know that you know the prophecies of the Messiah. And you know that the only person that's ever uh, fleshed those out was the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, King Agrippa clearly must have been under Uh, There are some scholars that say he was being uh, sarcastic when he said, well, you're going to almost make me a Christian. But I don't believe that that was the case. I think that he knew the sobriety of the situation and that he said to Paul, almost you're persuading me to be a Christian. Your arguments are true. Now, we don't know if he did or not. Uh, Probably not, but we don't know that for sure. No man knows the salvation condition of another person. But that was one of the things that was true about somebody who is a professed Christian is that we're laboring to evangelize a lost and dying world that's all around us. Well, there is a third use of the word Christian in the Bible. We come to that one as we end uh, this particular series, and that's found in First Peter chapter 4 and verse 16. Uh, the apostle Peter is writing to scattered believers. And he uses the word suffering some 16 times in his letter, in this first letter of Peter. And when he does so, about half of those times, eight of those times, he's referring to the suffering of Jesus when he was on this earth. But the other half, he's referring to the suffering of Christians, those that are of the people of Christ. And he deals with that very real issue because the early church was facing Horrendous amounts of persecution. And so Paul tries to encourage them, and he, in doing so, makes reference to this suffering that they're going through. He said this in 1 Peter 4 16. Uh, let me start with verse 15. It says, But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Verse 16. Yet, if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Now what Paul is uh, what Peter is saying there is that there is a very real aspect of being a disciple of Jesus that it, you you might not experience if you're not genuinely a disciple. Let me put it this way, if you're an authentic disciple of Jesus Christ, suffering is going to be your lot in life, if you are actually, going forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ, in living for Him, in serving Him, in uh, demonstrating to others their need for salvation because God saved you. When you're practicing those other issues of being a follower of Christ, you will suffer persecution to one degree or another. That's what it means by being a genuine Christian, a genuine disciple. The Bible says that it is reality. We'd like to think that <laughs> we would like to think that after you get saved everything's just rosy. Uh and it's just peachy keen and everything's going to flow your way because now you're saved and you're deemed, but I would add I would follow that up by saying you couldn't be more wrong that if you are genuinely surrendered to the Lord, there will be trials and tribulations. There will be struggles, there will be persecutions, there will be mockings, there will be sideways glances and a pejorative names given to you, because that is the lot of every child of Jesus Christ. And in fact, Jesus promised that this would be the case. If you'll remember in Matthew chapter 16, verse 22, the Bible says Peter took him, took Jesus, And began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Verse 23. But he turned and said to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Verse 24 is the important one. And then said Jesus to his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus says something very challenging there, but something that is very important for us to dwell on on this day. Uh, he opens with the assumption that those who take his name are going to come after him. If you're going to be called the name Christian, then it's assumed that you're going to follow after him. And that's interesting because once again, it, re, it, it it's hinting at this pursuit, this forward motion, this leaning into your relationship with the Lord um that if anyone follows me is really the basic characteristic of the disciple okay we've established that but second jesus lays out the cost of that discipleship and in 1st peter chapter 4 verse 16 that i read uh peter is indicating that he's echoing the thoughts of christ in that discipleship has I want you to listen very carefully to this. Jesus literally makes it clear that following him will mean doing what he said in verse 24 when he said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. That's what he's saying. If you're going to be a disciple and a genuine Christian, what will differentiate you from those that are cultural Christians is that you are denying your selfish desires. You're denying your own comforts. You're denying your own passions and dreams in order to pursue what is important to God. That's the cross that you pick up when you're following him. There's a cost to be counted that I'm not sure everyone is willing to do. I mean, you think of the rich young ruler that came to the Lord and asked what he could do to inherit eternal life. And the Lord encouraged him to go out and to give what he had, give it away, so that he might be able to pursue this walk with God. And the man walked away slowly. He apparently did count the cost, but not many people do. Uh, that's the cross that you pick up to follow Him. There's a cost to be counted. By the way, that's one in which the early church really understood. When you became a t- professed believer in the early church, uh, th- it would cost you something, and many people don't understand that in today of our in the, this day of our cultural American Christianity. Do you know, it is, isn't it true that you stand to really lose nothing by following Jesus? I mean, that's what people do today if they become a Christian oftentimes, that they will just tack a little Jesus onto the end of their life like so many hobbies that they have, and he just becomes a sideline as opposed to the one that you're living for. So their existing worldview isn't really changed. They aren't taught to follow, to deny themselves, to listen to the Spirit of God, or to know God through His Word. All they know is that they said a prayer at an altar, or threw a stick in a fire at youth camp, or walked an aisle, whatever they did. All they know is that they said some magic prayer, and all of a sudden, they're a Christian. Jesus says something very different. Whoever will save his life preserve his life will lose it jesus said but whoever loses his life meaning give up my own rights and comforts and autonomy and independence whoever gives that whoever loses his life for my sake will find it this is the abundant life that john promised jesus promised excuse me in john 10:10 10, 10 that He came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. But that life is only found through actually following Jesus Christ. Folks, that looks very different than what our cultural Christianity looks like. Uh, It doesn't cost us anything today to really declare ourselves a Christian but never follow through. If I had a church of everybody that followed through on their Christianity on their professed faith, or on their prayer, uh, and yet never became a genuine disciple. If I had all those people back, we could fill up building after building. But the fact is, not everybody lasts. Why? Because they have a faulty view of what it means to be a disciple. Absolute surrender and passionate pursuit of Jesus Christ, of devouring your Bible, of not neglecting your prayer life, of being in God's house when the doors are open, to be, to be absolutely consumed with wanting to know Christ better. Have you denied yourself and taken up your cross today? Uh, is it that vital to you that you're willing to forsake the things that you thought would make you happy to do the things which which cultivates the smile of god on your life well crosses have to be borne but you got to be ready to pay that price i'll never forget reading the illustration of a pastor who entertained a, a man who uh, i say entertained it was he, he was a guest And this pastor uh, invited this man who really worked with homeless people and those that are down and out. And this down and out uh, 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 servant of the Lord came and the pastor was showing him around the church facilities, gave him a red carpet tour of the church. And with pride, the minister pointed to the rich and imported pews and the, the luxurious decorations and attractive drapes and so on. And as they stepped outside, the darkness was falling, and a spotlight shone on a huge cross on top of the steeple. And the pastor, with a satisfied smile, pointed it out to the other minister and said, you know, that cross alone cost us $10,000. Well, you got cheated, said the man. Times were when Christians could get them for free. Well, we have to bear our cross, and that's what christ calls us to do deny self deny my own comfort deny my own selfish desires and make what matters to our father in heaven the most important thing in life god bless you i hope that you'll take this to heart and pray over that and ask yourself the hard questions and ask the holy spirit to minister grace to you i'm praying for you and I, I, I literally lift every one of you that, list, uh, that listen to this podcast in prayer. It's my highest design, desire to see you have spiritual success in your walk with your God. He's coming soon. It can't be much longer now. Are you ready to meet him? Should he come today? God bless you.